Well, I'd say welcome back to another week of This Week in Government Enforcement, except it's been a few minutes since we last did this. So I'll just say welcome back to This Week in Government Enforcement. Um, it's been a while. Um, we're looking to do some new things. But first and foremost, I want to introduce my new uh, co-host, This Week in Government Enforcement, um, partner and friend Jeff Martino. Um, besides being a, a fellow YouTube fan, he is an accomplished um, white collar pro who focuses on criminal antitrust matters, but actually don't let me speak for you, Jeff. Why don't you introduce yourself to Twigville? Uh, thank, thanks, Jerome. It's a pleasure to uh, be your co-host. I'm really looking forward to, to doing this with you. I mean, you kind of laid the groundwork for me. I focused on criminal antitrust. I'm out of the New York office. Uh, I was chief of the New York office of the antitrust division for five years but uh, spent approximately about 20 years at DOJ, uh, sometime in the U.S. Attorney's Office down in Arizona, um, dealing with a different type of cartel, um, which, was, uh, which was a little scary. So they brought me back to the white collar world. Um, so looking forward to, to talk a bit about criminal antitrust as well as other matters, um, probably corruption, kickbacks, um, wire fraud, mail fraud, you know, throw everything in the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is going to be great. And just so everyone knows, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try and do some new things. Maybe maybe bring on, um, you know, we're hopefully working some associates into the mix as well. It's a great way for them to get experience, but also for yeah for you all to get different perspective. But um, so Jeff's gonna kick us off. A um, couple updates on the DOJ antitrust front. One including um, an update on leniency, and then. Um, one on DOJ policy on pursuing criminal um, monopoly claims, which I understand um, might be back much like inflation, both from the 70s. But I'll shut up, Jeff, and, and turn it over to you. Yeah, think, thanks, Jerome. Um, yeah, the division has been, uh, the antitrust division has been pretty busy um, throwing out some new policies and enforcement. Um, I think the last time I was on, we, we talked a bit about no poach cases and how that was brand new. Um, DOJ on that front continues to indict uh, on the slimmest uh, of evidence. I mean, they think they've got winnable cases, but they lost their first two trials. Um, and, but it definitely goes, it goes how aggressive they're being uh, across the board. On the leniency front, they put out uh, their updated frequently asked questions document. Before, there were about 26 questions and answers that basically laid out, you know, what it meant uh, and how you would go about getting leniency. You're first in the door, you self-report, There's a you can get a marker to keep your place in line. Um, if you come in under what they refer to as a type A leniency, um, you're, you and all current employees will be covered as long as you fully cooperate. Type B leniency, just for folks uh, who may not be so familiar with the, with the program, is if the government was already aware, let's say they already issued the company a subpoena about the conduct, um, you can still report first to fully cooperate and you know the company can, can get a pass. Um, it still have to end up paying restitution, um, but there will be no charges filed. Under that scenario, although uh, it, it's up to DOJ's discretion as to whether the employees, even if they fully cooperate, current and formal will, will be co covered. Back in, in April of, of this year, they um, threw in another 50 questions and answers. I mean, it was <laughs> quite extensive. It's a long, long document, but they did so in order to be transparent, predictable, and accessible. 
Um, I think some of the line attorneys would say, well, you're just telling me how to, how to do my job now, now and you're taking away the discretion. But they certainly put together all these questions based upon the, the experience of the last 20 years. Um, and there's a few quotes I wanted to, to read out. Um, one, it's important for the rules of the road to be clear so the business community knows what to expect and appreciates the cost of losing the race for leniency. Um, that came from Jonathan Cantor, who's the attorney general uh, or the assistant attorney general in part of the antitrust division. And according to the division, the language is written uh, in plain terms to allow all individuals to understand regardless of knowledge in the subject or sophistication. So um, there's a few changes that I wanted to highlight that are significant for companies. Um, and, and primarily that is before under the program, you had to promptly terminate the conduct and report, as long as you reported the conduct at some point, um, if you promptly uh, terminated it, you would qualify for leniency. The division has changed that now so that you must promptly report. <laughs> um, so as soon as you find out your compliance department or somebody at a level of the company with responsibility uh, sufficient, whether it's the council or the board members, um, you know, there may be some time where you can do an internal investigation, but we're talking about days where DOJ is going to expect you to come in and self-report in order to qualify. Yeah, so for Jeff, leniency. real quick on that point. So, I mean, I know sometimes, you know, government agencies and, and, and law enforcement authorities, when they're talking about that, will sort of pay a nod or homage to, look, we'll give you time to conduct an investigation because you have to figure out what it is you're actually dealing with. Um, but it needs to be prompt, quick. You, you, it can't, you can't slow boat it, if you will. Um, is there any mention of that in this updated guidance? No, not, not, not specifically. They don't mention it, but when they're in their talking points, they, they certainly uh, allowed for that and they've answered questions uh, to, to that extent. So, yeah, you just can't sit on the information and then, you know, wait down the line. If it comes up, you know, come in any longer. It's that, that opportunity is going to be lost. The, the second um, you know, notable thing out of the 50 new questions and answers is a restitution obligation. Um, there was always a restitution obligation, um, but now in order to get conditional leniency, which is the process um, where you've, you've basically come forward, you present, presented evidence, um, you probably have brought in a couple witnesses, they've established that there's an agreement um, to fix prices or allocate customers, and you and the there's a corporate basically a corporate admission usually at that point you can get what's called a conditional leniency letter um, that pretty much assures you that you're not going to be prosecuted in the company and includes all the employees that that would be covered um, it, now in order to get that letter you've got to come up with a full plan on how you're going to pay restitution um, and so in, in many respects uh, this would happen in antitrust for an antitrust violation through um, private class actions. And you would just you know, say, we're gonna settle these class actions and you list them out and say, you know, we, if we get leniency, we'll, 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 we'll use that avenue to satisfy our, our restitution obligation. So, and that was typically done at the end of the process. Um, when a case has been brought by DOJ 
you knew that there may, you know, there could be some identifiable victims because they've probably um, been able to do that themselves. So what, what this effect, effectively does is create a timeline for getting conditional leniency to almost the end of the investigation. Um, and so that uncertainty for a company to get conditional leniency is, is going to be, um, I think, cause some difficult conversations as to whether you even want to go in because um, you're just not going to know how things are going to play out until really close to the end of the government's investigation. You look like you got a question there, Jerome. I'm th I'm, th I'm thinking about this, Jeff. So I, I mean, do you do you have to? I mean, you don't, you clearly don't have to have the money escrowed, right? Right. Um, but short of that, I mean, do you have to say for like basically like a prove up, right? You know, uh, an offer of proof. We have the, the, this many tens of millions, hundreds of millions, whatever, in an account in this subsidiary that has been cordoned off or kind of you know put into a separate account subject to restitution. I mean, it, it, is it is it like that, or is there some lesser showing that's for because because it would seem like that would be that's an incredible step right off the bat that company, I mean, not only do yeah. you have to go in and promptly report and investigate, but you actually have to earmark monies right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where it's gonna be really difficult. I don't think companies can do that, um, especially for an antitrust violation where you're not even, you're not sure that whether the, the department's gonna bring a case until two, three years down the line. And so this timeline is, is very difficult to, to look at for companies. I think, you know, you, you will have to, at, at, when you, when you want to get your, your letter, your conditional leniency letter, you will have to show that um, what your plan is and that you've got monies to do it. And, and it's really difficult because you're not really going to be able to contest, right, or limit. I mean, so you got to play, you know, a, a bit of a game if it's, you know, depending on the timing and how, um, if the DOJ has already come out with the case, then you're going to have much more, more clarity on who the, vi the victims may be. But um, I, I think it's going to be pretty problematic. And, you know, right now we've got a couple clients who are kind of scratching their heads on how they're going to satisfy this. Um, so we're still working through it. And DOJ hasn't offered much more clarity on, on what they expect you to do in, in order to, to satisfy that obligation. Um, what else? What else? Uh, they've also put in and expect that you're going to uh, present on your compliance program, similar to what you do with the criminal division as you go through all the factors in order to uh, get your conditional leniency letter. You're going to have to walk through um, how you've updated your compliance program, even though you self-reported um, and you've done all these steps, but how you're now remediating. Um, taking care of uh, and putting people in different positions or firing folks um, all ahead of, of really, you know, in order to get your, your letter. And so this process, as you know, can take, I mean, this is kind of like the end of the deal, right? You're, you're going back because, you know, a company can't investigate, it can't come up with a restitution plan and it can't come up with, um, you know, uh, adjustments to its compliance program all in a, in a matter of months, which, it used to be that's when you can get your letters in a matter of months. You bring in two or three witnesses, you, you, you turn over some documents, you have a presentation summarizing it all for DOJ with a nice big binder um, that's, that's well organized for me. You put the case on the table 
and then you say, thank you, can I have my letter? That, and it was done. And that's, that's just not the case in, anymore. So, um, you know, there's a big debate right now as to whether these changes will, you know, kind of change the, uh, the calculus for companies. Uh, to well, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I mean, on that point, right, it'd be one thing to say, give us your, give us a presentation on the say your compliance program at the point of the violation or at the point of reporting, right? You know, that, that's, again, that, that's no small undertaking, but it's doable because it's a, it's a known entity, if you will. But yeah, yeah. if what I'm hearing you say is that in order to qualify for conditional leniency, you have to, you, you basically have to say how you remediated the compliance issues that gave rise to the antitrust violation pursuant to which you're seeking conditional leniency, right? Is that basically what you have to do? That's, that's what they expect. That's what okay. they expect. And yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. a long process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, so that's where we're at the state of leniency. And so before that, Jeff, and and I, again, I am not an antitrust practitioner, but I've done enough. We've lost your own. That's what happens when we come back into the office. Things go down. <laughs> Hopefully he comes back and we'll continue this discussion. Right for now, I'll pause and wait for him.